You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about turning curses into blessings. Nehemiah 13.2 says this, How be it, our God turned the curse into a blessing. Great scripture to remember. After God used Moses to come back into the land of Egypt from Midian to confront Pharaoh, to say to him, let my people go, there were 10 different plagues that were used to judge the gods of Egypt. Now, I want to get into this. It's a little different uh, to take on the Exodus, uh, as far as some people are concerned, because you don't hear a lot of people bring this out. Actually, what God did was He brought judgment on the gods of Egypt. He came to embarrass and humiliate their gods and to destroy the faith of the Egyptian people in their gods. Because God didn't hate the Egyptian people, He hated the demonic spirits that had deceived them. That's why He did the plagues in the way that He did. Had God come to just destroy the Egyptians and to wipe out Pharaoh, he could have done that on Moses' first day in the land. But he didn't do that. He permitted the Pharaoh to go for a season in his stubbornness, hardness of heart, because he wanted to turn them. He did not want to take them to the place where they forced him to go. He was working to try to bring them to mercy. Exodus 12, 41, the scripture says, it finally came time for them to leave. And so God in his great foreknowledge not only is dealing with Israel or Egypt in these 10 plagues, but he has a certain day that he's working backward from. That day is the day he wants to lead them out. It says, Exodus 12, 41, it came to pass at the end of the 430 years on that very same day, it came to pass that the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. All the armies of the Lord. Now let me explain that. All the armies of the Lord were all of the people of God, all of the Hebrews leaving, and all of their accompanying angels. The angels of God that protected these people went out with them. So all of the armies of God left that day. Why would the angels of the Hebrews stay behind in Egypt? They left with the Hebrew people. And it happened on the exact same day that Moses or Abraham came into the land of Canaan 430 years before, on the self-same day. It's 15th day of Nisan. 430 years to the day that Abraham came to the land of Canaan and God appeared to him there. God seems to perform major events on anniversaries of other major events. He does this all the time. For instance, the day of Pentecost was uh, an event that took place on the same day as the giving of the law. Uh, the crucifixion took place on the same day as Passover. The resurrection took place on the day that first fruits was celebrated on a, a Sunday. And so you see God doing this all the time. God always does great events on the anniversaries of other great events. Now, God purposely led the Hebrews out, but not straight through to the land of Midian. 
He worked on purpose to take the Hebrews on a little side journey that would help them to deal with Pharaoh once and for all. So I'm going to read Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pi-Hahirot, between Migdol and the sea, opposite Baal-Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. In other words, God had a very specific route for the children of Israel to take. Now this is not obvious to you, nor to me, when I read it. But if I was familiar with this, and I knew all of these place names, I would look back and say, Whoa! Why in the world, O Lord, are you leading us here? This is a dead end. They are marching toward the north end of the Red Sea. They are going to skirt it, but at the last minute, they turn to go southeast into a canyon. And this wadi or dry riverbed leads them right to the Red Sea, only to a beach that is a dead end. No way to go north, no way to go south, certainly no way to go east. The only way out would be to go back the way you came. But God said, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So when Pharaoh heard that the children of Israel had gone down this dead-end dry wash to a beach on the edge of the Red Sea where there was no escaping. He saw this as a great opportunity to go down and no doubt kill Moses, kill the leaders, and take all the people back into slavery, reclaim all the wealth that the people had taken. And by the way, they were only taking their back wages from what had been stolen from them all those years. And so God purposely led the Hebrews into this dead end. He orchestrated this. Now, he did not cause Pharaoh to go after the children of Israel. Pharaoh had murder in his heart. God knew that. So what God did is he set up an opportunity for Pharaoh to act on the murder that was in his heart. So this move provoked him. So let me read to you. In verse 5, Exodus 14. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots, all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of, the king, of Pharaoh king of Egypt and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. So they, they went thinking, we're in great shape, we're okay, but they didn't realize that Pharaoh was going to come after them. Let me read the next verse. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and army, and overtook them camping by the sea, besides Pi-ha-orot, before Baal-Zephon. Now, there's another name there we want to pay attention to. It's Baal Zephon. Baal is really another name for Satan. He's a false god. This is God's judgment on Satan. This is a showdown that the God of Israel wanted to have with Satan 
by leading the children of Israel out of Egypt across the Red Sea on dry ground, right across from a mountain where Baal was worshipped and where Baal was revered. That's exactly what God did. He wanted to humiliate the prince of the power of the air on his own turf. That's why he took the children of Israel there. And so what appeared to be a curse and what appeared to be a setup against the children of Israel actually is an incredible thing that God is doing to deliver them. Let's keep reading. Let's go to 1410. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Now why would he say that? Because he has seen the hand of God, and because there is something about his makeup Something about the way that he is raised, he is not going to lay down and become a slave to any man. Moses is not about to do that. When he left Egypt, went into Midian, and saw these shepherd girls trying to water their flocks, and they were harassed by a group of other shepherds, and there was a great deal of injustice happening, he rose up and beat the tar out of those guys and ran them off. That's the heart of Moses. And it was put into him as he was raised in the household of a group of leaders who knew we are here to take charge. That's why God picked him to be taken by Pharaoh's daughter out of that basket on the edge of the Nile River so that he could develop a mindset that would lead him well and serve him well in leading God's people. So Moses said to the children of Israel in verse 13, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you will hold your peace. So here's what God did. God caused a wind to blow, and it's supernatural. It wasn't just the wind that did this. It was the Spirit of God working on these waters, and we know that the Spirit of God can work on waters because we read that in Genesis chapter 1, that the Spirit of the Lord moved on the waters when God created the earth, and He divided the waters. He separated the waters. So when the Spirit of God moves on waters, He can push them to where He wants them to go. And so God separated these waters and created a path. Not only did he create this path, but he dried out the bottom. Listen, if the water just moves back, if there's not a miracle to dry out the mud on the bottom of the sea, they are all going to get stuck. There's no Listen, I, I baptized a guy in a pond here a couple of years back, and we went out as far as we could go, and we were barely over waist deep. But we had to stop there because the muck in the floor of this pond 
was so great, we were sinking in well over our ankles, even though we're in the water. And just imagine what it would have been on the bottom of the Red Sea. So God not only parted the sea, but he dried out the bottom on hard ground so that they could walk. And so this is how he delivered them and set them free. Now, what happened? When the Egyptians came upon the Hebrews and saw that they had moved across the Red Sea, they went in after them. And this is a fascinating thing. This is very hard for the average person to wrap his mind around because most of us would say, are you kidding me? This is a miracle that God is doing right now and you're going to fight against God? But this is how stupid and deceived people are when their hearts become so hardened. We think that if people could only see a miracle, that it would convert them. And this story tells us that isn't the case. People could see great miracles. They saw great miracles with Jesus. Listen, the mob who came to get him saw that Simon Peter took a sword and cut off the ear of Malchus, the servant of the high priest. And Jesus reached down, picked up his ear, and healed it. And they were still filled with hatred, even though that miracle was done right before their very eyes. That is the blindness of human nature that is in rebellion against God. And by the way, they didn't get there overnight. They spent years and years and years developing hardened hearts. And God gave them every chance to re repent. Pardon me. So what I want you to see is that when the enemy sets up a curse, God flips the script and turns it against him. And the enemy walks away wishing I would never have even tried that. We'll see you tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.